Hello out there, all you truth travelers. You've just joined me, Brother Albert, here on the Truth Traveler Podcast. You ever think about your purpose in life? Are you on a mission? Perhaps you feel like the things you do here on this journey don't really have much meaning. Today we'll take a closer look at our purpose in this thing called life, right here on Truth Traveler. Hey, Truth Travelers, I'd like to speak with you a moment about another great opportunity to give. If you could save a life for only $28, would you? Preborn clinics offer free ultrasounds to expectant mothers to show them the truth about the human life growing within them. Preborn is a dedicated, nonprofit pro-life organization that supports life-affirming pregnancy clinics and their mission to reach women considering abortion, particularly in areas with high abortion rates. Your tax-deductible gift provides maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers, and formula. More importantly, your sponsorship gives a young mother an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Will you help save lives? Learn more at preborn.com. That's P-R-E-B-O-R-N.com. Nurse, teacher, Law enforcement officer, just three of the many vocations that many wouldn't run to to make easy money. Long hours, stress, sacrifice, and perhaps even danger are fringe benefits in these jobs, yet each makes a vital contribution to the stability and prosperity to society as a whole. Many who enter into these careers choose them out of a sense of calling to that vocation. Have you been called to something greater in your life? Or perhaps our sense of something greater may be a bit off base. Let's take a look at God's calling of a prophet about 2,600 years ago. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 9 reads, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. To some people... The idea that God speaks to us is inconceivable. But we see in Genesis, at the beginning, man fellowshiped with God daily. However, human rebellion broke that close relationship. We were designed to hear God's voice. Many times this hearing is not in an audible sense, but a spiritual hearing. Throughout Scripture, listening is used to describe the human posture of worship, submission, and obedience before God. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses commanded the people to hear and to love the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. When we come back to him to reestablish relationship, we can enjoy dialogue with our Creator and Savior. He wants to commune and converse with us. It was his plan from the beginning. 
Many times doubts, fears, distractions, and the cares of this life interfere with our hearing. Sometimes we just need to put life on hold, quiet our minds, focus on Him alone, and listen. Now, not only does God speak, but He calls. Jeremiah lived during a time of tremendous upheaval in ancient Judah. As a boy, he was witness to the great revival during Josiah's reign. But as an adult, he saw Babylon come to bring judgment against his people. Jeremiah's calling was to be a final warning against Judah's slide back into idolatry. The call of Jeremiah by God was first a call of relationship. And a unique feature of this in Scripture was its prenatal aspect. God told him that he knew him and sanctified him for this special work even before he was born. However, at first Jeremiah reacted somewhat like Moses did when he was called to service at the burning bush. Oh Lord, you've got the wrong guy. I'm not adequate to the task, as if God made a mistake. I'm reminded of the popular saying, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. But notice how God replies. He addresses Jeremiah's fears with a promise, I am with thee. The prophet's calling was rooted in his relationship with God, so Jeremiah would never be alone in his task. God still calls for us today to be a witness to those around us, to spread the gospel and live a godly example. We've been given a purpose by God, and he has put things into us that can be invested in those around us. We aren't all called to be prophets, evangelists, or greatly visible ministers in the kingdom, but we all are a minister in some form. 1 Peter 4.10 tells us that we all have something given by God, useful to ministry. There are no useless people to God. You may be surprised to learn that a key tenet of the Protestant Reformation is that the call of God isn't experienced by a select elite few, but by everyone, no matter their life's work. Any honest occupation may be considered a God-ordained vocation. This resulted in a belief that one's everyday work was a key component of one's worship to God. We labor to provide for our families, to be able to give charitably, and to support the local assembly in their outreach and support of the needy, both spiritually and physically. Martin Luther once said, The idea that the service to God should have only to do with a church altar, singing, reading, sacrifice, and the like, is without doubt but the worst trick of the devil. How could the devil have led us more effectively astray than by the narrow conception that service to God takes place only in a church and by the works done therein? The whole world could abound with the services to the Lord, not only in churches, but also in the home, kitchen, workshop, field. Colossians 3 tells us, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. The real church isn't contained in four walls, it's out among the world, and we all have a part in it. All work can and should be seen as God's work when it is done as unto the Lord. Considering all this, the words of Jesus in Luke 12 take on new meaning. Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. 
It's not that God honors those that do great things for him, but he honors those that do what he asks of them. We must believe that whatever he asks us to do is a great thing and will work for the greater glory of his kingdom. The highest expression of our love for God is faithfully obeying his commands and fulfilling his purpose in our lives. The story is told of a man walking past a construction site who, growing curious about the nature of the project, approached one of the workers, a bricklayer, and asked, Sir, I was wondering, could you tell me what you're doing here? The worker glared up at the passerby and in a surly voice growled, Well, isn't it obvious? I'm laying bricks. Rebuffed, the pedestrian approached another mason further down the block with the same question. With tired eyes, the second worker replied, Oh, me? I'm building a wall. Finally, the man approached a third worker with his inquiry and was shocked by a bright smile and enthusiastic answer. Well, isn't it obvious? I'm building a cathedral. All three workers were doing the same task, even though they had the same occupation. But only the last one had a real sense of his vocation and understanding of his work as an act of devotion to the Lord that would have a lasting significance. Ultimately, committing to your work as a calling from the Lord is an expression of deep faith. Even when we cannot see the larger purpose or the end results of our daily efforts, having a sense of divine calling reminds us that we are not responsible for those things. Our only responsibility is to faithfully carry out those duties that have been assigned to us. In that, we can find a sense of fulfillment and peace that will be a shining witness to the world of the difference God can make in their lives. So we all have a purpose. We all have been given things by God. Uh, some things we may not have even discovered yet, but he uh, gives us gifts and callings without repentance. And uh, sometimes it takes us years to discover everything that the Lord has given us to work with. But uh, the main thing is to follow him, to be obedient, to use those in his kingdom and to not get into that comparison game where, you know, you are wondering if you're doing anything because you see these other people doing such great things for the kingdom of God, um, you know. Stay in your lane. You be you. Uh, just do it as unto the Lord, and uh, things are going to work out. Faith and obedience, that's super important in this walk. And uh, this is a short podcast today, but this is what I got. So <laughs> this is what you got. God bless you all. Thank you for joining me. And uh, let's pray and end this good. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you have put things into us to serve you, even they may not be glamorous, Lord. They're what you have called us to do. Help us, Lord, to draw closer to you, to understand you more, to commune with you more, to fully be reestablished in relationship with you. Ask your blessing on all the travelers out there today. Protect them, provide for them, I pray, God. Draw them closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Any questions or comments, you can email us at truthtraveler1, the number one, at gmail.com, or check us out on Facebook at the Truth Traveler Podcast. Until next time, this is Brother Albert. Stay safe on the road, and God bless you all out there.